Welcome. To Arcade Audio. I'm gonna cut straight to the chase. Hey, hey. I got inside information from a talking horse named Ace. Say what? He cannot read the program, but he handicaps my race. Okay, and now I'm in the money, and none of it can be traced. A jockey week, a breeders' cup, Kentucky Derby, here we come. Delmar said, Anita, Los Salamitas, the body's just begun. Ace, no more Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Today's movie is Ace and the Christmas Miracle. Yes. We just recorded last week's episode. We did, so we could get we, right into it. And we warned everybody. We have nothing else to talk that about. That we were going to record two episodes. We have not watched anything. If you're new here, we're married. We have a massive movie collection. And we talk about random movies from that. You're and, so calm right now. And today, because I know I'm going to lose my shit on this episode. I don't know sometimes. why. Today is our Christmas episode. I'm sleeping. I did just get really tired all of a sudden. Don't <laughs> worry, I'm going to wake us up. Several weeks ago, I brought down all of the bad, or perceived to be bad. Yeah, yeah, perceived, look. Yeah, let's not throw the rest let, of these movies in the mud, all right? Let's not make assumptions here. Hallmark or direct-to-DVD Christmas movies that we owned, and we went one by one until we landed on the one that we decided we were going to watch for this year, which was a unanimous choice for this one, Ace and the Christmas Miracle. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we owe it to our audience on this wonderful holiday to just not beat around the bush and go through this as thoroughly as possible. Because this was, without question, one of the craziest movie-watching experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Yes. Please read the box. No, it's your turn to read the box. Oh, let me do it. It's over here. Great. (laughs) Ace and the Christmas Miracle. Starring the voice of John Lovitz as Ace the Talking Horse. Tis the season for miracles, and boy, does he need one. Is he talking about the horse needs one? I don't know. When this horse starts to talk, get ready to laugh. (laughs) Look, at it's his butt on the back. The packaging is is pretty clever here. Horse ass. Horse ass Barry Windham. (laughs) <clears throat> this quirky holiday comedy means fun for every member of the family. You're an orphan. <laughs> Jesus. Deep in debt to Big Freddy, kind-hearted con man Tony gets a chance to change his life when he meets Amanda, Brandy Roderick from Baywatch, mother of young Daniel. She wants to hire Tony to kidnap her brother's horse, Ace, (laughs) voiced by John Lovitz. But after Tony and Ace bump heads, 45 minutes in, Tony finds he can communicate with the wise-cracking nag. Is that a racist term for a horse? (laughs) Can Ace convince the other racehorses to help Tony get rich at the New Year's Day Derby? I almost fucked it up. You almost really fucked it up. 
I'm not sure why it's called Ace in the Christmas Miracle when it talks about a New Year's Day derby because New Year's Day is not Christmas. Yeah, you know what I just realized? Does anything Christmas related happen in this movie? Like, is there one Christmas tree or one present or one? Yeah, there's like decor. I don't. Was there? I think there's just a Christmas tree in this in this brother husband's house. He wears his hat, his Santa hat. Who? Uh, Tony wears his Santa hat. In the beginning, when he's going and putting the crickets everywhere. Oh, and he's like shadow dancing in his garage. (laughs) So look. All right, look. All right, so. Move everything up in my lap. (laughs) Sit up. (sighs) Oh man, you're serious, huh? How many notes do you have for this movie? Too many. Too many. I was also in another state of being when we were watching this. I don't even know what I wrote. I have a lot of notes. Oh my god, a lot of them are in capital letters. (laughs) I didn't even remember this! Okay. This is... The worst movie ever. <laughs> this was This was so bad. So all the other movies So Hallmark or direct to DVD, direct to video, whatever you want to call it. I still am under the assumption that it's like a professional production. Yeah. Like it's a movie. Like Sure. For all of its faults, A Very Merry Toy Store was a movie. Mario Lopez like, wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I'm not showing up on set unless this is a movie. Um, I did TV. Where, like, like, the camera is professional and... It's edited. The, yeah, like, it's period. edited to make... S- no, no, no. Period. period. Uh, the music wasn't made in a... Studio right, apartment right. They, they have they have somebody who's who's in charge yeah. of the rights and clearances and gets them actual music. Yeah. Tope, what are you doing? And that a buddy um, who just has a Casio keyboard. Right. Uh, this movie has absolutely none of those. Things. But well, and also in some of those movies, there's also people who like can act. I mean, not not all of them well. Very Merry Toy Store has Mario Cantone, Mario Lopez, a lot of Mario's, uh, Mario. Melissa Joan Hart, Brian Ma- Dennehy, Mario slinging Mar- pancakes. <laughs> Rest in peace. Slinging them pancakes in heaven, Brian Dennehy. I thought you were going to start singing that song that I hate. <laughs> I was going to get so mad. Hawks, chops, bowls, whatever the fuck. Um, this movie has absolutely none of what I just took tell, two minutes tell to me, recap. Tell me some of the actors in this movie. So you have John Lovitz as Ace the Talking Right, no, 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 like, but you anyone else. Randy Roderick from Who? Baywatch, uh, and she was a former Playmate of the Year. So, cool. you know, top choice actress here. Uh, we have what we found out to be her dipshit children as her, her dipshit children. Her actual children. And then a plethora of guys who probably have been told no routinely by their local community theater that... Like, Said... I want to do. I want to do a, a movie. Let's let's just let's just uh, do it. It's only three or four people. I think were on set besides the rest of the actors. The entire movie, like the the director was one of the writers. He was producing it. Uh, he did some of the music. He did the editing. He did the yeah, editing. Uh, the main Coffee guy, design. Tony Stephen Chase. He's one of the writers. He's one of the producers. The casting director, who should be fired and lynched. Uh, was also... You can't say stuff like that. Uh, I meant like, like, uh, burn at the stake. Is that better? <laughs> That's what I meant. Slightly. Like Joan of Arc her. Slightly. Um, 
she was also like one of the writers and producers. Like it's, I almost accidentally deleted all my notes. Now it's catastrophic. <laughs> I'm so flazzard. I'm so flazzard. Uh, oh my gosh, what is happening to you? There, there's no way to like go about this. Like this movie's just bad. This is offensively bad. And I don't mean like in every scene. They're like slinging slurs. No, and like like. To call this a movie. To get John Lovitz to do the voice no, 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 t- t- for t- this movie. They paid, they had a $10,000 like savings bond that somebody cashed and they're like, can we get John Lovitz in the studio for two hours? One take, read all these lines. Perfect. <laughs> That's what John Lovitz did. Um, it has no redeeming value or quality Look, whatsoever. It doesn't make any it fucking sense. It makes no sense. So makes no sense. Let's go through this movie. Is that, is that all your notes? Yeah. Oh my god. I gave up after a certain point. Okay, so I. Oh got my it. god! You have so I many notes. I told you. You have so many notes. So the movie. So I don't know what it is about these fucking direct to DVD. Talking like, what is it about every directed DVD movie with a horse? They're bad. That's just inept. They're bad. The movie starts with this family, and Lovett's talking as a horse, and of course nobody knows that he's talking. About how much he loves his kid. This one little kid's not feeding him the fucking apple, and then he gets yelled and called away, and we're just kind of left. I with don't know that. what time it was supposed to be because they were on their way to school, but it was bright as hell. Nothing says it's Christmas. At all. And it's just John Lovett's talking no, about how great was I like, have it because of Daniel. Yes, Daniel. Yeah, it was. They did um, They did say something about it being Christmas, like, in this Temeco Valley or whatever. Like, no snow. It's hot, right? There was a, just a little thing about that um, at the beginning in, like, the, the narration mm-hmm. provided by John Lovett. So... That was all that that it was. It was like it's Christmas, right? But that but, was it. But the problem then is that uh, we leave those characters for the next twenty minutes because we have to get introduced to Tony, who is, for lack of a better term, the short, shitty-faced little goomba, the sleaziest sleazeball ever. It's just like all of the like Tony and then Uncle Vito, big. They're Slow all, the fuck down. They, this movie is just full of overdone Italian stereotypes. You don't get just this movie is full of overdone. Yeah, overdone. Period. We Period. meet this fucking guy who's like every guy we meet and Goodfellas together. You know, it's faux pesci. But then faux pesci. Clever. Uh, <laughs> They just like drained the marinara sauce out of his fucking veins. Pump, pumped Alfredo in there, made him real white. No, they pumped in like fucking like like catsup. <laughs> you know, like those poor people that put ketchup on spaghetti noodles. That's what they did with Tony. This guy in his garage, like he's dancing with a Santa hat on, and he just immediately pisses me off. And he has one of the ugliest. <laughs> Punchable faces of all time. <laughs> You'll see it in the picture on the on the website and on wherever we send this to. I'm going to send this to him directly. With my luck, he's going to tweet me like the fucking director of Space Invaders. Like, glad you can punch down. Yeah, I'll punch on you while you look. <laughs> look at his face. He looks like Todd Chrisley and Sean McWinney had a baby together. 
And I mean that as an insult to Todd Chrisley and as the only redeeming thing about him being Sean McWinney, potentially. So he's an exterminator. I'm going to be more thorough because before we started, as I do for all these directed DVD movies, I looked to see if the whole thing's on fucking YouTube, and it's not. You can buy a rental on YouTube. Don't. It's already bad enough I give this, these fucking people money. He's an exterminator, and he's going around uh, <coughs> answering calls for, like, you know, bug problems that people have. Bug problems in these, like, big-ass houses. And he shows up, Yo. and they're all, they're all obviously... Porn houses. Like, they're obviously <laughs> houses that just somebody uses as, like, a nest egg just rent out for girls to just get plowed and cream over. And and the, the, the best or worst part of that is that the main porn actresses are the ones who are answering the door and in the movie. They just still live there. They're still there. One of them was just pregnant. <laughs> Uh, no, it's very true. The first woman, she comes in over like a dog. She's a obviously like dog. a little busty and a little like like cleavagey. She, she was drunk she's as also, fuck. Yeah, she's also 48. She's on <laughs> Valium to the fucking tits. And does lines like, oh yeah, come on in for the bug problem. And then what's her other line? Uh, they are right in here. And it's like, oh dear God, yeah. no. It's one of these movies. Are you kidding? It's a Maltese or whatever it was about the dog. And you find out right away... He's a con man. That he's a con artist, and he's like got like a little jar of crickets. He's gonna like infest. By the way, didn't she have to call him to get up? Like, so where bugs were she? Don't worry about it. Um, the music at this point, I should point out, is like tonally, well, not existent. There's there aren't there is no tone. It's just noises to like heighten. How bad the mood is, or like yes. how bad the scene is going. So, like for Tony being like a con artist that's you know trying to like fake a bug problem in somebody's house, the music is like if a five cats jumped on a piano that was trying to play the Balkan skull theme. <laughs> no, not the cats are making noise. Like the cats are jumping on the piano. It's like. <laughs> It's like zaniness. How kooky and crazy is this? It's been five minutes in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah. five minutes. Yeah. And already what we've missed and what we're going to get to later on, I want to point out, is we're sitting here watching how bad this is and the credits are still rolling. And in the credits appears a name of somebody that I literally personally know. Yeah, we personally know this person. I, I see the name and I go... What? How? Like him? Like you were shocked? Like you were shocked? Because I didn't like. So I, I we'll get to him when he shows up here in a minute. But I haven't seen this person in over ten years minimum. Um, I thought, and it wasn't like he was like a close. He was very much an acquaintance. Very like, much. We were know, on the same in, comedy in the same scene. comedy scene. We'll get to him in a second. But I was like. What is this fucking movie? What is this movie? Also, now! He's the third most famous person in this movie. <laughs> so, uh, so we've been introduced to Tony. We've been introduced to Ace. Uh, and of course, Lovitz gets paid an extra five grand to say, that's the ticket! His old SNL catchphrase uh, in the in-between. Um, and we go back and the mom, Amanda, is like talking to Ace in all these like coded messages. Mind you, he's a horse. 
I couldn't tell if she could hear him talk or not during this conversation. Uh, yeah, I wasn't like sure. He, like, she's talking, he's responding. And she's... She, she's acting as if she's Ethereum, but that's not the case. We find out. Um, and Tony has to go see Uncle Vito, who's got a hot tip because Tony is a, a gambling addict. And he already owes all this money to Big Freddy, but Uncle Vito's got this sure thing, hot tip. So who does he have to call... But Dougie Doug McDougal. McDougal. Dougie McDougal. Dougie McDougal. Who is uh, Dave Thomas, Artie Lang. And Sean Wallace on crack. Who'd you say? Sean Wallace. Wallace Sean? Wallace Sean. There is not a human being that's more opposite of this guy than <laughs> Wallace Sean. What are you talking about? Did you watch the movie? I said Sean Wallace on purpose. No, that would indicate opposite. This guy is even opposite him. They're not even in the same fucking ballpark together. This is, remember the not Norm Macdonald friend from Billy Madison? Yeah. This is this guy's bootleg. That's right. That's appropriate. He's this Irish fat schmarmy Hawaiian shirt clumsy bus driver, maybe. I don't even know if that was his actual job. We just meet him. Transportation. He's, he's behind the wheel of a school bus. Transportation was his job. Just fucking around. But he's... He's Tony's, like, bumbling, gambling friend, and he needs his the help. The bulk to his skull. He needs some help with some money. Uh, it's at this point. We're, like, ten minutes in, right? It's at this point where I was like, who edited this? And signed off on every performance, every note of music. Abhorrent every cut. performance. Like, the movie is edited where, like, sometimes you're not even getting, like, like the last bit of the sentence out, and we're already in a different place. And you can hear the air running, or the microphone is not plugged in the right way, or like it's the kind of thing that like make Tope and Rich lose their goddamn minds. That guy's arm in the scene with. <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. That guy's arm just there. So. <laughs> so yeah. So they. So they go to see you Big Freddy. Write, there's no Wikipedia page on this. You should write the Wikipedia. You've got the notes. You've got there's, the chronological no order. He, they go talk to Big Freddy for like 10 fucking minutes. By the way, Big Freddy is literally just a guy that's probably 164th Italian, but is actually just a Native American that owned a suit and had a cigar. And they're talking about fronting him this money to place a sure thing bet because of Big Vito. And they have a couple security guards there, this big, tall, burly black man. And then another guy who you never see on screen, who you never introduced to besides just his name and passing glance, but they frame the shot. So you just see his hand and part of his tattooed arm <laughs> in every single camera shot. So you aren't sure because of the, because of the subpar quality of it so far, you're not sure if it's intentional or not. Like, are we going to pan over and it's like some scary guy or somebody we recognize or somebody we've already met? Nope. Just, it's Thing from the Addams Family, tatted up, just sitting there on a couch. Well, no, it's not just Thing, because it's like the whole arm. It's, so it's, like... it's, it's the prequel to Thing before <laughs> something bad happened to that little bit of arm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, then, oh, my God. Then they go, to this, they go God. to the bar, and then things start to connect. Then we get a little Pulp Fiction action. We're like, ah, this is how these things are going to start intertwining with one another. Yeah, yeah. She's the bartender at this fancy bar in Temecula Valley, or whatever the fuck this wine country horse racing bullshit in California is. <laughs> this basically was just like the, the CVB, like the Convention Visitors Bureau of Temecula, just basically pay them to write a movie about a fucking talking horse and just promote their beautiful landscapes and all their racing and alcohol you can consume. 
they go and they go to watch this big horse race, this local horse race on this big TV at this bar. That that also serves as a as as a uh, betting ground. You could also place bets at this bar. You didn't have to be on location at you this know, horse you race. You know when you're at like a two-star resort and they maybe have an event going on for yeah, the weekend yeah. and you oh, walk yeah, out yeah. to the Yeah, we were just there at that yeah. that Hojo. You walk uh, out to the you walk out to Hojo the Hojo oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You walk out to like the pool area, you go down a hallway and there's like a makeshift bar set up with just like a cart and maybe there's like a little cooler with some drinks in there and some ice in a little tip jar and there's nothing else. Yeah, this place had it, but for making bets. You just walk up to this weird bearded Danny Bonaducci looking fuck <laughs> and be like here's ten thousand dollars give me Lucky's asshole and that dude was gonna count it by hand without a counterfeit pen I think that's the part that pisses me off the most so Brandy Roderick the mom uh, the owner of Ace or the uh, I don't even want to get there yet uh, she uh, gives them the beers that they request and- she fills them up halfway. She she probably didn't know how to pour them without the foam. They probably were foam. What bartender feel fills up a beer? This was obviously way. This was obviously not her day job. She. I would have been preferred had there been like a continuity error. Like she gives them the full beer. You don't see them drink any, and it cuts, and the beers are half drank. No, she just hands them half empty beers. Because you know why? Because then they don't have to drink them in the scene. Just like, don't stick up for this movie. Take my side. This were in our vows. If we ever watch a talking horse movie that makes me have an aneurysm, you take my side, not the horse movie's side. Of course the horse they bet on fucking loses. And they're yelling at this wine bar like they're at the track themselves. Some, like, guys next to them are like, we, we're rooting for you. Oh, sorry, guys. Never see or hear from them ever again. No, no, no. no absolutely not. Um, Just passing through the betting bar. And all this was happening, by the way, when Dougie McDougal has abandoned the <laughs> school bus. Of, Full of children. Not even children. They're like, well, number one, they're not children. These are, like, teenagers that are actually, like, 19, 20 years old. <laughs> And he just left them out, and they're all whiny, and they're all bitchy. I had a photo shoot. I had this to go to. And he's left them out in the parking lot. So who gets called about these kidnapped children in a school bus but Chris Cope? Chris Cope is the person I was referring the to officer, earlier. Officer. Officer. What was his name? Officer. Uh, can you look? Officer Ernie. Officer Ernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like Ernie, who does the shakes at the Power Rangers. Um, he was uh, a local stand-up in the Gainesville uh, UF scene that we were in the exact same time. We went to school during a hot point for many things. Two national basketball championships, two national football championships. And we also were the national stand-up collegiate champions, uh, partially because of... I don't think he was actually on the team, but he was very much part of that scene that helped grow that crop of comedians. Mm -hmm. Uh, he is a very heavy set man who, if I'm not mistaken, had gastric bypass or like lost a lot of weight. And this movie was made a couple years ago, so that didn't work. <laughs> um, and he has been on many different 
late night talk shows. He's he's been working as semi regularly sure. as mm-hmm. you know in things like this. Yep. Um, he also I, writes his own IMDb trivia. Do you know how I know that? <laughs> no, I'm sure. Go ahead. Because one of the, there's only two. Uh-huh. One of them is, Chris Cope was born in Tallahassee, Florida. A fact he still apologizes for today. Yep. Okay? Yeah. That's... The second one, Chris runs a seven-minute mile as long as no one really times him. Yep. So, that's the kind of person we're talking about here, folks. So, uh, when we, you know, Sam's improv group, my improv group, our sketch groups, we would always inevitably have shows where we would need stand-ups to open for us or vice versa. So, you know, he would always be at these shows either opening for us, um, setting supporting us up for, the people, supporting the people, you know, plenty of conversations with him at the bar. Like I said, it wouldn't be somebody in our friend circle necessarily, or he, he may be showing up at a party or two, but very much an acquaintance uh, of, of ours. Um, and the first scene right away, it's just him sitting in the front seat of a cop car for five minutes fawning over a box of donuts. Box of donuts. And I'm like, you know what? Fucking A. Keep getting them checks, Chris Cope. You fucking... I don't care what soul you have to sell or what you have to do to get the fucking gig. Do, do it. it. Then, the movie takes a turn. Because Swerve! Oh, no, you're not, that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a close-up of Chris Cope almost eating a donut. I'm like... <laughs> You don't need to do that. You don't need a close-up. This, this director slash editor slash writer slash producer slash cameraman had a fetish he was trying to fulfill here. Apparently, and it's Chris Cope getting about the fucking deep throat of donuts. Oh, boy. Um, he finally gets called onto the scene to rescue these quote-unquote kidnapped children. Um, the phone cord's up my ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And of course, you have to see a scene of him like struggling to run and like pulling up his pants. And it's, you know, just so you know, the level of the what brow of comedy you're getting here. Low. Uh, it's low. Hint. <laughs> lowest of low. There's not even a brow on the face. <laughs> How low it is. It's fucking, you've stepped on it with your foot. It's off your face. Um,. So, Dougie gets whisked away to jail, and it's left with Tony and Amanda, and these two have one of the worst they have, possibly... Ro- they have the chemistry of a rhinoceros... Mop. And a wet mop. And Bad Bunny. <laughs> Yo, that's not fair. Bad Bunny has chemistry with everybody. Bad Bunny's so charismatic. Their conversation made me want to cut my ears off and shower. I think I would rather listen to Bad Bunny have a conversation with a rhinoceros. That's very true. Then that. Yeah. That it would was just at least like, be interesting. Ugh. And then we get into the actual story. Mind you, it's been 40 minutes, right? Yeah, it, it feels like it's been four so hours So here's the story. And now. here's what they've been like hiding in the loon to this whole time. Amanda, her brother, has, it owns Ace and uses him as like this prized racehorse, but has run into some money troubles. Correct me at any point if I'm wrong. I'm here. pretty sure that, well, okay, no, keep going. Yeah. And um, he is bitten off a little more than he can chew and has gotten Ace involved in this upcoming race one-on-one with this other horse, basically for, like, everything. And she wants... She doesn't want Ace involved because of Ace's relationship with Daniel, even though Ace is apparently, you know, this amazing racehorse. So she wants Tony and Dougie to kidnap Ace so we cannot run the race. And basically... 
destitute her brother. And she's going to give them, like... The ransom money that he's... $25,000. Right. They're going to get money... Whatever he owes Big Freddy. Yeah. They're going to pay... She's going to pay them off the debts they owe to Big Freddy and whoever the fuck else for for basically... Because she's a bartender at this fancy Telemook winery. Temecula. Tillamook. I know what I said. I know exactly what it is. You don't need to correct me, sir. So, so. Turns out. And and also, like, her husband has left her. That's a key thing, like. Right, but but I'm pretty sure that the brother is actually the husband. No, it is. Spoiler alert! Well, I. We're just at this point of her bullshit and lies and story. That's what she's telling Tony. So Tony and Dougie finally eventually agree, and they go see Ace, and Ace is, you know, I mean... No, no, So, right, this is, like, half an hour after we initially met him. We see him again, and he's still talking. Yeah, just, you know, he's, he's still hanging out and talking, you know. and then... My, but he's, like, mind-talking. It's like in a horror story. You don't see Danny Trejo, like, talking as the horse until Ace Boom. headbutts Tony, and when Tony comes to... Tony can hear Ace, and now Ace's mouth is actually moving, which means they just shove some fucking peanut butter in the poor horse's mouth. <laughs> so it's like, nom, 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 and like it looks like it's fucking talking. Have you ever done that? Eating peanut butter like that? Have I ever eaten peanut butter? Is yeah. that a question you're asking me? Yes, because I know the answer is no. I've had peanut butter before. When? <laughs> Why am I getting accused <laughs> of not eating peanut butter? Peanut butter we have without, more pressing things to discuss. chocolate. I've had. I used to eat peanut butter on its own all the time with like celery and stuff. And I don't some, think you've ever had celery in your life. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> when we used to have like standardized tests and stuff, and you could bring like snacks, that was my go-to snacks. I was supposed to like my mom read some bullshit article in like Woman's World about how like <laughs> peanut butter and celery makes you smarter or something. So I would have like like celery stalks with peanut butter on them. I love that shit. Make make me some right now. <laughs> we don't go have... go grow some celery outside and bring me some peanut butter. George Washington Carver. <laughs> uh, so Tony, but Tony has con- Tony can CTE from this horse, and they have to call a doctor in. <laughs> ah, this, this <laughs> fucking doctor. This guy is god awful. This doctor puts his stethoscope on backwards, <laughs> and they he notices it. Turns it around and then continues the scene. But it's and they leave it in the movie because it obviously was not written in for comedy. It you can tell when it's like a comedic thing and when it's a actual like this guy. Well, for real messed up and they just left it in. So the comedy is supposed to come as the scene progresses, which is basically you could say about the whole fucking movie because he's a horse doctor, right? He opens his bag and he has a brush. And he has other, like, horse instruments, right? Horse instruments, Barry Windham. And also, he has a very weird accent. I don't know, like... <laughs> he was German? I guess. And he painstakingly no... analyzes Tony. And then finally, like, leaves. And it's like... Again, you may think, like, Man, why am I getting, like, so in-depth on some of these things? Because of how significant an amount of time this took in this hour and a half movie. Like, this is eight minutes of the movie. It's just this fucking doctor analyzing Tony getting headbutted by a horse and insisting he can hear the horse talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we get into Tony and Ace, like, 
coming to an understanding of one another and talking it out. Again, Tony has zero redeeming qualities up to this point, right? Like, Tony's an, an active con man, mm-hmm. a degenerate gambler, and has done nothing redeemable except kind of be a nice conversationalist to this woman that's supposed to be our protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd agree. But Ace, because, you know, he's trying to help Daniel and, and the family out, will, uh, what he can do to figure out his debts is take him to the racetrack where he normally races. He knows all the horses. He's friends with all the horses. He can talk to all the horses. He can get the skinny. He can get the scoop. And they can place bets, and he will make sure that they win. Basically, the horses will basically throw races in the way that they need to to get this guy his money, right? Right. Cut to some stock. If anything, you'd think that maybe, you know, oh, a movie with some horse racing. The horse racing footage has probably got to be good, right? Probably. No, they literally just bought stock footage of horse races. Um, and it's shot utterly terrible. The voiceover of the horses, uh, like the announcer calling the races... None of them make any sense. Uh, literally, I'm listening and watching the movie actively and hearing like who Ace is recommending they pick. I know lingo. I know win, place, show. I know how they have to go. And the horse races are done in such a way that it's impossible to tell if they're winning or not. This is from not just this part of the movie. It was from earlier in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I know the horse they picked. Why are they not talking about that horse? Like, you have to make it realistic, at least. Or they, they talk about the horse being in first, then they talk about something else, not building drama or suspense or anything at all, and all of a sudden, their horse wins, and they're celebrated, and they're all fucking happy. Dougie's still wearing his dumbass shirt, and and Tony's just greasy everywhere. How much did they win? I'm not there yet. Oh. All right? It's at this point, during this horse montage, where Ace is turning their stuff around, that we now have... An original song for this movie. Oh my god, I completely forgot about this shit. I completely forgot about it. I believe the song was just called Ace the Talking Horse. It was absurd. It's like, you know that bit in Family Guy oh, where Randy they're talking about how Randy Newman's songs are just narrating what's happening? Yes, exactly. This is, yeah. This had so much exposition in it. In the song. In the song. Ace is the talking horse gonna help Tony out. Uh, I, again, I'm fearful I'm not going to be able to find... I honestly might put this back in, record the song off of the TV. And I, like, the, the world has to hear it. There's another one later that's called just like Ace and the Miracle. <laughs> and they're the same... They're basically the same song. Um, you asked me a moment ago, how much did they win in this like local horse race? This local horse race in this the little New town. Year's, the New Year's Derby or whatever the fuck it is. They won a million dollars. They won a million dollars. A million dollars. In one day, they get uh, not even an oversized check, like a mediumly oversized check. Uh, and Ace did it, man. Like, he he saved the day. Tony and Dougie are going to be free of their debts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They bring the money to Amanda, and they tell her that, you know, I, I can't hear Ace, and he gave me those tips, and we're going to split this money 50-50. Three ways. I think the name of the song was The Miracle Is You. Oh, great. Good. That's the name of the song. How the fuck do you spit... I can't... I might need to go to the hospital. How do you split a million dollars three ways? No, it's no, 50%, 50% per- for you and then 50% for us to share. 
They didn't make that clear. I thought they literally were too dumb to be like, we're going to split a 50-50 between the three of us. <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it sounded to me. And Dougie's like, that sounds right. exactly right. And, and fucking uh, Tits McGee was like, just like, yeah, sure, whatever. She got the better end of the bargain. Of course she did. This guy, again, I'm going to read, you know, he has done nothing to earn a redemption. At all. No, not at all. And he still wants to gamble. And then, here it is. The swerve. You want to tell him what the swerve is? So the swerve is... You don't remember, do you? <laughs> he doesn't gamble. No, no! That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, which swerve? It wasn't her brother. The thing oh. you already oh, spoiled I earlier. Oh, I said it! It wasn't her brother. It was her husband. This fucking Mark Baleo looking motherfucker walks out. <laughs> I thought it was Ray Liotta for a second. But then Rest I thought he peace. was dead. Then I remember Had Ray Liotta dead. been in this movie, he would have shot the horse, then shot himself. We would have lost Ray Liotta like six months earlier. Um, yeah, it turns out that this isn't her brother's house. This is her husband's her ex-husband's house, or they're still married in the process of divorce. She's been talking to him like he's this abusive, cheating, like, like, uh, philandering, philandering, what's the word I'm looking philandering. for? Philandering. asshole. He walks in the house and his, and Daniel, the son, just like, Daddy! He's like, hey, son, how's it going? <laughs> it's like, oh, they're just fine. Like, he's a good dad. So she's really the villain and the asshole in this, where, she, like, to just, like, stick it to him because I guess he hasn't been, like, financially supportive She's just trying to like. Well, like, no, and he was cheating on her. And take stuff. the horse, but they didn't even make that fucking clear. And she said it explicitly. He, I, but I don't trust a word she says. Well, I guess that's a fair point. And I mean, if I were him, I'm walking to my house. You have Tony's Bugs van outside. <laughs> you have this what Mar- a, the school bus that McDougal drives, and then you have this actual Margaritaville dress <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Sleeping on my couch. That's not fair because, like, that's like if my dad went somewhere and just fell asleep. Like, that would be my dad just sleeping in his shirt. There's a difference. Your dad looks the way your dad does. This guy looks like the way a guy that would be named Dougie McDougal would look. That's true. Laying down. And the whole point is he moves funny. The big, like, funny line <laughs> in the movie is when, like, he scampers away to make a bet. And Ace is like, you know, your friend runs funny? Which is what I said when we were watching the movie. And Tony oh, yeah. goes, yeah, I think he was dropped on his head at birth. You know, that classic line you've heard for 30, 40, 50 years. But maybe it's true because I was dropped on my head when I was... And you don't bend your knees baby. when you run. And I don't bend my knees when I this run. This guy wasn't not just bending his knees. No. This guy, he this had guy was running feet like... He pointed out and he wasn't bending his knees. This guy was running like he Maybe was... Maybe there's a key. Butt fuck with a frozen turd. Oh my gosh. That's graphic and disgusting. Um, Accurate. <laughs> I was going to say something. You made me forget what it was. Shit. So now Tony's all fucking mad because he's like, you know, you lied to me and I thought we had something. They were friends. Yeah, oh no. He was friend-zoned from the moment. There was not an ink. Number one, there was not a fucking milligram of romantic chemistry between the two of them. But also, she was blatantly using you and trying to help you, you know, because she saw something and he was a decent person and, you know, now you're all butthurt. So, um. Oh, here's what I was going to say. You and Ace, the don't, horse. Don't put me, don't let me on the Ace, on, but anything but cock size. Go on. We're on the same wavelength. 
all of the movie. There, you did say that. Oh, he runs funny, and then Ace said it. There was, there was another, another thing there, that there happened. Was another moment. Me and Ace were playing speak as one for a few moments in this movie. It was kind of weird. It was really that. Just that was humorous. That that added to it. Uh, that's all I wanted to add. Continue. I just want to verbatim read my next note. God damn this fucking movie. Yes. Him changing his mind on the bet scene. So as we aforementioned earlier, this wine bar just has a fucking betting station <laughs> with a trifold little sign that says like "Place your bets," and he hands him ten thousand uh, dollars. No, it was like fifty, but it was blatantly ten because we worked at a bank. We know oh, how much money's in yeah. a fucking and it brick. Was, no, that was the other thing with the money. Yeah, that was the other thing with the money. She's fanning through it, and it's clearly a stack of ones. It's a hundred dollar bill between. on top, a hundred dollar bill on the back, and everything in between is ones. Blatantly obvious. Uh, and then he's there, and like he's like remembering everything he's just experienced in the span of I don't even know how many days this is. This is like one day. Uh, and he's like, you know yeah, what? Yeah, it's got to be. I'm not gonna play. Can I have my money back, mind you? You go to an actual casino for that, you're going to get taken out back and you're going to lose your pinky toes. <laughs> like, they're going to fucking cut them off and feed them to you. Is that, if you, doesn't that mess with your balance? Your pinky toes? Focus! <laughs> Focus! I would rather think about anything else than this movie. So then he like, um, by the way, this whole time Tony is wearing like the Tony Marinara like special outfit. He's got a blue... Button down. Button down, three buttons Real open, tight. a chain that's turning his neck fucking green. <laughs> he's fucking he's so, washing his hair real, with EVOO. Really nicely ironed jeans. You could literally take your hand and just <laughs> drag it across the front of his face and then shake it and get eight ounces of liquid. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> but as soon as he gets a million dollars or 333000 or I'm sorry, 300 and whatever, how much he had to pay, whoever, he's walking up in this suit. Doesn't fit him at all. And, like, he's, like, all hot shit and, like, everything's okay. And then, uh... What man, about his friend, Dougie? I don't think we see him again! <laughs> no, we do. He, he had a suit, too. Remember? Oh, right, right, right. We must believe it was probably a floral one underneath. <laughs> Mind you, by the way, uh, so, uh... Doug, earlier he was arrested, right? He had, like, some friends in jail, and Chris Cope just lets him out, and that's the last we see of Chris Cope. Literally, just (laughs) in those two scenes. He never comes back in any hall. There's all this gambling, all these other shit going on, horse napping. There's not even one scene where Chris Cope has to chase a horse. (laughs) Fuck this movie for not knowing its audience. Um, Of of one. Of one. Uh, And then... uh, Amanda comes and very longly apologizes to him and makes me to sympathize with her husband more <laughs> just by a bunch of shitty excuses as to everything she put Tony through and tried to help him and he tried to help her. And uh, earlier in the movie, they were talking about how, um, you know, in California, it's so sad. Like, you never, you know, they never get snow here, right? It'd be a miracle if he got snow. Just like it'd be a miracle if Tony got this money in the time he needed to. Just like it'd be a miracle... For Ace to, you know, to stay with the family and where he needed to be. And then they're standing in the middle of this fucking wine bar parking lot. Very romantic. And then uh, it starts snowing. And it snows four inches in about five seconds. (laughs) It's a blizzard. It is a full-blown fucking bukkake. (laughs) 
and and it's like and these people are just like oh how wonderful it's like that's gonna cause some your cars are not made to drive in snow also you know how much salt you're going to need for those roads it's like, the fakest snow i've ever seen the in worst it's, it's the worst like we've gone to like places around orlando that that have like the fake snow mm-hmm. f- for christmas mm-hmm. and everything and it's very clearly, it's like soap. It's like yeah. bubbles. Legoland, we were just at two weeks ago, and it was blatantly bubbles. Blatantly. And in person, it looked better than snow on a TV screen. Yes. Absolutely. That was like dandruff. No, that was that was extra Parmesan from Tony's lunch. <laughs> that was the Parmesan he got out of his fucking hair when he was fucking washing it. And so then, like, they're celebrating the snow. They don't even hug. They don't even shake hands. They're just like, ah, everything's okay, and the camera pans up to show there's a big-ass wine valley, and Ace is like, well, everything worked out. And then the movie ends. And it's like... What happened to Daniel? What? What happened to Daniel, the kid? And then over the, the credits, you just see, like, all the fun these people had making this movie in COVID. Here, all right, so here's the other thing. This movie was made in the middle of COVID, so all the, like, the still shots of the film being made, all these people have their fucking masks and shit on, like... People risk their lives to make this movie. <laughs> people, this was this wasn't like this was made like in 2018, 2019. Everyone had like a clear conscience. Like they were like, guys, we have to get this done <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. We have to finish Ace and the Christmas Miracle. Our financing's only good for two yeah. days, guys. Tony has to go back into jail <laughs> in six months. We got to finish this up. This was without question. This is one of the worst movies I've ever experienced in my life. This barely counts as a movie. Uh, let's get into MVP and LVP. So, after all that, oh was there anything that you can point to that you liked about the movie? At all. I can't. I cannot. There was, I did laugh at one thing. What did I laugh at? When, when you and Ace were saying the no, same no, thing. That no, no, that wasn't it. What wasn't was it? it? I don't there know. There was one line. I was going to write it down. I didn't. There was something that happened, and I was like, fuck, I can't believe I just laughed at this fucking Oh, movie. yes, yes, yes. What was it? This movie got a laugh out of me. Oh, 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 oh. It was something... Doug- I remember. It, Dougie did it. So, um... <laughs> that's, that's a sentence in my life. I hate that. Uh, so, near the end of the movie, when Brandon who we thought was Amanda's brother, and it's actually her husband comes in. Uh, Dougie was asleep, right? And this is when we get the background that apparently Tony and Dougie have known each other since they were like six years old, and Tony's always looked out for Dougie and vice versa because Dougie didn't have a family. And it's like, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't care at this point. Uh, Dougie wakes up, and he's like, who's who's this? And Tony's like, it's a... Uh, it's it's Amanda's uh it's Amanda's husband. He's like, oh, I, I, this is his house. He's like, I thought this was Amanda's brother's house. And he's like, that no, this this is the same guy. And he's like, Danny's uh, Dougie's so stupid. He's like, Danny's dad is also his brother. His uncle. His uncle or something is like, wow, what a and like the way it was delivered. I was like, fuck, all right, fine, take your laugh, Dougie McDougal. He worked um, hard for that laugh. He did. Uh, MVP and LVP. Where do you want to start? Nowhere. I've, I've never had so long of an LVP list in my entire life. It's almost just the complete cast of the movie. 
who would you pick for MVP? I have three. <laughs> for MVP? MVP. I digress. <laughs> the look you gave me. Okay. What if there is no one? No. There, 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 we're, there's, there's no there's one. There's always somebody. There's nobody. All right. So the first one is going to be bad. So I didn't mind the guy that played Brandon, like the husband, because it seemed like at any moment he was just going <laughs> to smack the shit out of her. And I'm like, all right. If this is where this movie's going, now I'm in. Oh, man. I have to pee. If he's just like <laughs> an abusive husband and Tony like takes a bullet for her. And, or like, like the Ace Christmas has to, miracle. Ace has to like buck kick him in the jaw and behead him. <laughs> like, let's fucking go. Like, he brought a real like, like, that, like asshole energy yeah, to him. He did. He did. But it, it wouldn't be him. Uh, is it always just the celebrity Horace? Like, like it's just John Lovitz being John Lovitz. I mean, he, he didn't, didn't do he any, didn't do anything egregious. He, he didn't really do did anything it. bad except John. You're a talking horse. Here's your script. We have two hours. Go. And he just he was John right. Lovitz. Signing on was a bad decision, but he didn't do anything wrong. He what he didn't he didn't do a voice. I mean, he was just he, his he's own John voice. Lovitz. He's not even really like he doesn't tell even, any jokes. He's not he's even. He's also not even really in it. Like. I mean, how long was this movie? An hour and a half? An hour and a half. Like, 30 minutes of it is spent with the horse, to be quite honest Not with even. you. Not even, yeah, yeah, Not even. Yeah. Like, and we, when he's doing his thing, like, he's playing right, it straight. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, more time is spent with the Christmas miracle than with Ace yeah. in this, in this uh, movie. My other nominee would be Chris Coe, because, I mean, he's like, he did his job. He was a, a bumbling, fat cop who loved donuts, and... If I were watching the movie and didn't even know him, I was like, "Ah, oh, that cop did a good job, you know? Like, he, he made the most of his time. And I think it'd be cute if we gave it to somebody we actually know and met. So, I, I would... I, it's probably Lovitz. But, I would also be fine if we gave it to Chris Cope. It's so. John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> if it was J.C. Carias, then we give it to J.C. Oh, absolutely. I would be scared J.C. would come show up at my house. Be upset J.C. would go, come into my home and take his shoes off. <laughs> I mean, I said he coming in like shit in my bathroom. Uh, or I say that because uh, we wa- literally watched this movie and then we continued to have fun that night somehow, uh, <laughs> and like played games and, and called our fr- uh, called Augie, former guest of the show, and told him that we watched this movie that Chris Cope was in, and he was like, "Ah, oh, not JC, huh?" And then he proceeded to talk about how uh, he once was around JC uh, with his shoes off, <laughs> and I was eating at the moment. And JC is is basically like the more successful Chris Cope, and a, a much more like he was in our friend circle. We went to many parties with him. We did shows with him. He has been a series regular on the Disney Channel. You've probably seen him on Conan and on a bunch of other projects and stuff. Um, uh, but he's a very large, sweaty, gross man. Uh, so I don't ever want to be in, in the active mode of eating and someone say JC's feet. It's going to make me hurl. Uh, well, the joke's on us. If John Lovett's MVP, he just joined the multi-time MVP list from this year alone because he was the MVP of the Brave Little Toaster. So, congratulations, Lovett. For somebody that I've tried to get an LVP for on I don't even know how many occasions, the fact that he's hitting the multi-time MVP list first is just bonkers. Look, John Lovitz is an underrated actor. He knows how to be valuable when everything else around him is utter shit. But that's the most valuable play. I mean, I mean that's that's something. He hasn't proven to be the least valuable 
in anything. Yet, I tried my best. But he hasn't. <laughs> All right. LVP. This this is one of the hardest decisions I've ever Everyone because... else in the cast. So here's my list. Uh, the first lady with the bug problem. Yes. She's got three lines. All of them are said with the confidence of a dead cat. Yes. Uh, Tony. Yes. Is... It is a... 10 to 1 SNL sketch bad Italian stereotype protagonist. Like, yes. he is in the whole movie. And he's just doing this the whole time. And Amanda, how could you do that? Nah, come on. Like, I don't even know if this guy Stephen Chase is legitimately Italian or not. But God, I hope that's how he actually sounds. Because if not, then that's just fucking piss poor. Uh, Or great acting. Dougie McDougal, who I immediately would disqualify versus Tony because he at least had that one line that made me giggle. But he was another one that just... Anytime it was the two of them in a scene, it was was like a competition. But the two of them is like, hey, who can fuck up this take more and they're not going to yell cut. It was so hard to watch. The the first scene where they're talking on the phone back and forth was just fucking torture because they both can't act the story sucks it's cutting back and forth at a rampant rate so the sound quality is changing it's just so obnoxious uh the fucking doctor couldn't put the fucking stethoscope on the right fucking dr hans Uh, i didn't have amanda written down because i felt like the first half i was like you know what for somebody who's on baywatch and a playboy playmate she wasn't as bad as the others. The second half was, of the movie when she had to she give like full bad. monologues, I was like, oh yeah, boy. Yeah, pretty was. bad. Uh, Daniel the son, who like every time he said a line was like that typical character like, wow, mom, can you believe that? Like they're all, like any of them. Any of them would be a good choice. I, I think it has to be Tony. It has to be. Because he is just so prevalent in the whole fucking thing. You know, he also wrote his IMDb biography. Not the trivia. I haven't read the trivia Stephen Chase is his name, correct? Stephen Chase. Stephen Chase. Uh, There's no trivia about him on IMDb, but he wrote his biography. Let me hear it. Stephen Chase, actor, writer, director, producer, Stephen Chase. Man, he just fails at everything, doesn't he? Began his career in 2004 as the writer and producer of the romantic comedy Shut Up and Kiss Me. Why are you crying? (laughs) I'm laughing so hard, I'm crying. And has since amassed 18 credits as producer... That just means somebody died in his family and he's wasting their legacy money. Has written five films... Acted in 20 projects and debuted as a director returning to the rom-com genre with Stan the Man, released 2019. Raised in Staten Island, New York. Yep. The bright lights of Hollywood beckon Steve, who has tried to pattern career after Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. Eventually launching Stephen Chase Films, LLC, to develop projects. Studying film at New York University. Bullshit! He was a janitor that was on campus and walked through a class! Steven developed a true calling for the industry in every aspect of filmmaking, including sensitivity, support, and loyalty for the actors and crew on his projects. Fuck off. Steven's recent acting roles have included the musical comedy How Sweet It Is, 2012. Is it a musical? 
And the drama Bus Driver, 2016. He's like, butt sluts. Thriller Death House, 2017. Oh, it's a movie where he dies, I'm in. And the comedy Garlic and Gunpowder, from 2017. I'm I'm Dan Garlic. This is my partner, Steve Gunpowder. In which he starred as a mobster with a heart. Uh, (laughs) Stretch roll. Steven has continued to write and develop projects focusing on comedy, family fair, and rom-coms. Next up for Steven is Ace in the Christmas Miracle, 2020 where he will write and star in a comedy about two low-level wise guys who hit it big at the racetrack with a scheme involving a talking horse. Sounds about right. What an asshole. What a dick. You know I'm going to look up these other movies and buy them. Oh, I know, absolutely. (laughs) I'm so mad that I did that because I could have just bought them for you and put them in your Christmas stocking. I... I honestly thought I know we've talked about Neil Breen on this show before but I honestly felt like this was like a Neil Breen this is the closest we've come to a Neil Breen movie 100% absolutely like like some of the other like ones like even a horror story at least had some kind of like better production value than this like sure the story and like the way it lays out is equally as bad but like this is made on such a shitty shoestring budget that you really got to come with something funny or dramatic or positive to to accentuate your positives and hide your negatives. There was nothing positive to accentuate, so all the negatives are just beating me over the head mm-hmm. throughout the entire painful process. And then you're just left sitting with like, how did they hoodwink? Fucking John Levitz and Brandy people. Roderick, like how like how much money this guy fucking had to pay them to fucking do this, and it's enough. And fucking hell, it got made and produced, and was, I bought this at Walmart for like five dollars. You overpaid. I know I did. I know I did. So I'm the fucking asshole. I'm the sucker. I'm the one that's. Does he have a next project coming up? Can you tell me what Stephen Chase has got coming out next? I think this ended his career. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh no, upcoming projects. <laughs> if it's an Ace in the Christmas Miracle sequel, I'm going to leave the house. It's not. The movie, I think it's already out. It's, it's called The Wise Guy. And his Shh. character's name is Saul Caruso. He wrote and directed it. Mm. I'm not, I, there's no, no other information. So, because he didn't direct this. This was Asi Fakir or whatever his name Right, was. oh. So, his wife was the pregnant, uh, Ew. the pregnant lady, I think. Gross. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> this yeah. almost ruined Christmas. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that, that was the most recent project. He, he does, he has five upcoming projects. Ooh. In production, we've got The Oddball Couple the Movie, (laughs) Double Trouble Patrol, Uh he plays somebody named Danny McMurphy, Mm -hmm. Breakaway, he plays someone named Sergio Rossetti, Seven Days for This Girl, plays Simon Rizzo. And Avatar, The Way of Water. (laughs) In in development, Sweating It Out, plays Larry Davis. 
<laughs> Larry David get cast as the Larry David biopic. I would pay so much money to watch Larry David watch this movie. <laughs> I'd say about any movie, but specifically this one. Anything else? Oh I'm, my gosh. What? He's in this oddball movie with 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 what's his face? With McDougal. No. Oh, oh. Friends for Life. They play so Stephen Chase's character is Ernie Matthews and the other guy plays Harvey Silverstein. <laughs> Good lord. Oh my gosh, this I we got oh man. We're gonna have a lot of Stephen Chase on here. Let me get him on the show. <laughs> and be like, stop. <laughs> you you have to stop. What what else are you good at? Can you count? This guy, this Being this other guy. So this other guy who plays yeah. what's, what's Dougie? the actor's name? Uh Ron, hang on. What is it? Ron, Ron, hang on. Ron, hang on. No. Robert J. Fox. <laughs> you know. You know that guy's been in a bar and been like, "Hey, you want to meet my brother Michael?" You want to? And he takes him home. And he's just got a Back to the Future poster that he forged a signature on. He's like, he'll be home any minute. You want to watch one of my movies? I'm Robert J. Fox. This double trouble patrol. Yeah. They're in it together. They're twins. Two misfit buddies on patrol on a wild assignment with God. Oh, so it's like the bad, so it's like the off-blue Blues Brothers. It's like the Indigo Brothers. Yeah, I guess. Oh, Breakaway, he plays a down-and-out bounty hunter, takes down an underworld society. Cobra meets Midnight Run. The clock is ticking. Yeah, because I want to see that guy in that movie. Yeah, he's the main guy. He's trying to show his range. He's the main guy with his, with, with a gun. Who the fuck is that? Who? I, I don't know. Why you got to click on her like that? Oh, no, because from here, from here, honestly, I just saw the half-shaven head and the way her shirt was. I didn't think she was wearing her shirt in her IMDb picture. I'm like, she just got a porn star as this, as this fucking female lead? Nope. Good for him. I was just waiting. I bet you, I, I would bet dollars to donuts that in this movie, Tony and Amanda were like supposed to get together and Brandy Roderick was like, I'm not kissing him. <laughs> like, I, there's no way in hell uh, yeah. I'm making out with this guy at all. Yeah. I was playmate of the year, sure, 20 years ago. But there, there's not a fucking snowball's chance in hell. I'm doing it. Absolutely not. All right, well. But, but so, you know, look, this guy, he's keeping himself busy. Sure. He's keeping himself busy. There's, you know. Oh, boy. We're going to have fun going through all of these movies. Anything else on oh. Ace and the Christmas Miracle before we can let these people get back to their nice holidays? Absolutely nothing else to talk about to talk about here. Let's score it one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know it. <laughs> there wasn't even a space. I was so confused. I'm seeing dots. I'm seeing lights. Ow. Fuck. Oh my God. I have had to pee for like 30 minutes. I'm going to piss my pants. My, my pants. All yes. Like that. That's the ticket. That's what I like. I'm a perverted horse. Are, are you also a one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a one. I just, uh, it was bizarre. This movie was just bizarre. No, this movie wasn't bizarre. Bizarre is like a David Lynch movie. This is just bad. This is just somebody that had money that could have given it to charity and instead decided to think they could make a fucking movie, and they did, and they 
fucking ruined the art of cinema in the process. <laughs> they've they've ruined our show. This well no, this is this is an all timer episode because I'm about to lose my fucking voice yelling over this fucking horseshit. Literally. Um yeah, this seek this one out if you are a connoisseur of bad movies. This will make you second guess that. It, it's that fucking bad. Like, it's, it's really bad. It's not offensive. Like, it is still a PG, like, like trying to be saccharine for the holidays type thing. And it just has no redeeming value other than the fact that it was trying to be something nice for people to enjoy. And ultimately, it makes me want to bomb the North Pole. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awful. That said, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. Happy, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate. Uh, don't watch Ace and the Christmas Miracle. Watch it next week and think about uh, how I much mean, better your more, holidays were. More appropriate because it's a New Year's Day Derby. <coughs> <laughs> movie's going to kill me. They're playing along. It's like the ring, but with a horse that talks. <laughs> Comes through the TV. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Married Movies. We encourage you as always go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe every year. Podcast, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter. Married Movies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your smoke 38 on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. Also for me, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary. This week's episode is SummerSlam 1997, Heart and Soul. Kind of an important movie. Uh, important movie. Kind of an important uh, show in the history of wrestling. This is the show that Steve Austin breaks his neck. So, uh, yeah. And a bunch of other shit happens, too. But that's, that's what people know it for. So, read all about it. Merry Christmas, Samantha. And happy birthday. We, we technically on on this podcast celebrate your movie your your birthday next week, but still, when this is airing, your birthday is uh, tomorrow. So, happy birthday! Thank you. I got you, uh, uh, Stephen Chase. Stephen, come on out, Stephen. I'm living here now. Who was that? Who put us in a movie? Yeah, but he's not going to pay us anything. Chris Cope is here too. Oh shit, we don't have the room. <laughs> For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Can't believe we got through that. I if I the move, podcast or the both. If I move, I might pee. That's exactly what Lovett said when he was recording for the movie. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.